Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Now is a great time for a new start and a better situation. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. It is a festive time of year, and mm-hmm. we're not talking about Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's Day. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Minnesota and Norway. Listen out for Red Pill Tour on a radio station near you. You know, it seems like the year has really gone by fast. Yeah, it has. Already, there are festive, wintry commercials on TV telling everyone what to do with their money. Now, that means that Hanukkah is almost here. (laughs) If you want some background on Hanukkah, please check out our podcast episodes 18 and 68. You know, Miss, I listened to those episodes again, and they really are a great blessing. They give a really good overview of the story of Hanukkah and reasons why believers in the Elohim of Israel should celebrate. Also, our listeners can find the story of Hanukkah in the books of 1st and 2nd Maccabees. As we mentioned in earlier podcasts about Hanukkah and the book of Maccabees, they give us important historical perspective, filling in some information that's crucial to understanding end-time prophecy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's written in the book of the Gospel of John that Yeshua was in Jerusalem during Hanukkah. Chapter 10, verses 22 to 23 say, Then came the Feast of Dedication, which we now call Hanukkah, in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area in Solomon's colonnade. Hanukkah is so much more than the Jewish people's answer to Christmas. The word Hanukkah means dedication but not in the way it's often used in the church or in modern times. We often use dedication to mean that something is set apart or made holy or for a particular purpose. We may also say dedicated means that someone is deeply committed to a particular outcome or action. In a Hebrew sense, the word Hanukkah describes a new start or the beginning of a new and improved situation. When the Maccabees defeated the Greek armies and recaptured Jerusalem, they were able to restore their temple, rebuild their Elohim's altar, and resume the proper worship of their Elohim without constraint. This was the celebration of renewed freedom and a new start for Israel. Amen, Mama. It was a wonderful victory to celebrate. Now, it seems to me that the Greek Empire thought that they were fighting against the Jewish people who compared to the Greek army's superior numbers and weapons, surely didn't look very threatening. As it turned out, Elohim took their threats personally. If the Greeks were successful, they would have wiped out all earthly signs and knowledge of the covenants between Elohim and Israel. Let's take a closer look at the threat posed by the Greek oppressors. According to the book of Maccabees, the Greek ruler Antiochus Epiphanes sent an Athenian senator to compel the Jews to forsake the laws of their father and cease to live by the laws of Jehovah, and also to pollute the temple in Jerusalem 
and call it the Temple of Zeus. One of Antiochus Epiphanes' first acts against the Jews was to take control of the temple. He removed the high priest and installed a Jewish replacement who was loyal to Greece. In effect, the priesthood had been corrupted. Antiochus' actions challenged the truthfulness of Jeremiah 33:17 and 18. It says, For this is what Jehovah says, There will never be cut off from David a man to occupy the throne of the house of Israel, nor will there ever be cut off from the priesthood, who are Levites, a man before me to offer burnt offerings, burnt grain offerings, and offer sacrifices every day. Even though it seems that there's no king from the line of David today, and there's no functioning priesthood as far as we can see, we know that Elohim's word will prove true. Amen, Daddy. Antiochus Epiphanes tried to destroy Elohim's calendar. That meant forbidding observance of the Sabbath, the new moons, and the holy times, which included Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Shavuot, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. If you've been listening to us for a while, you probably recognize these holy times from Leviticus chapter 23. Jehovah covers each one in that chapter. It seems that Antiochus Epiphanes thought he could erase the holy times, which Jehovah said in Leviticus 23 were perpetual ordinances. Every time we turn our attention to observe his appointed times, we testify that the Greek oppressors failed. Amen. Daddy, it is good to agree with the Creator. Amen, Mama. And it's no surprise that the kosher eating had to stop, you know. Antiochus Epiphanes had pigs slaughtered in the temple and over the sacred scrolls. He ordered that Jewish people eat pig flesh, knowing that the Torah forbade them to eat that. All these things were done in the temple of Elohim. Some Jewish people gave in to the pressure, and many resisted, even unto death. Even Torah study was forbidden, under punishment of death. The account in Maccabees tells us that even circumcision was banned. Remember that circumcision was given by Elohim to Abraham as a sign of the eternal covenant between him and the seed of Abraham. Other groups of people were fine with blending their gods with the Greek ones. In other words, you do you and I'll do me and we'll all get along. Only the Jewish people esteemed their faith worth living for and dying for. As bitter as it is to remember what was done to the Jewish people, it is that much more joyous to see Elohim rescue them and give them a victory they could not possibly have achieved without his strong right hand. So, we know that brute force was not enough to erase the word and ways of Elohim from the earth. Amen. The Jews, Yah's chosen people, survived. It seems, however, that the adversary's strategy to continue Antiochus's plan shifted to include weaving deception into the belief system of the church. That happened around 364 CE during the Council of Laodicea. We hope to talk more about that and other topics in church history on another podcast. Sounds good, Mama. Of course, the brutality against Jewish people never fully went away. It was simply combined with more subtle tactics. In many Christian churches today, things are way different than it was back then. The priestly service that the Father said was eternal 
is no more than an allegory. People are repulsed at the thought of animal sacrifices, which was surely the idea. I mean, we must know that there is a terrible price to pay for our sins, so we should be repulsed. However, have you heard people say, the God I serve would never do that to an innocent animal? Back then, that innocent animal died in the place of a guilty person if the sacrifice was for sin. Would it have been better if every sinner died for their own sin without a substitute? Mm. I think we should be glad for the substitute. Mm -hmm. And the comment about the God I serve not allowing the sacrificing of animals is like assigning negative attributes to the perfect Elohim, as if that were possible. Shall we judge Elohim? Mm -mm. What about the death of his son, Yeshua? Abraham's son was spared just in time, but Elohim permitted the death of Yeshua. His sacrifice can never be erased, can it? No, it cannot. In our podcast, episodes 95 and 96, our dear friend and teacher, Rabbi Irv, spoke about the contributions of the Hebrew people. According to Romans chapter 9, verses 4 through 5, the service of Elohim is one of those contributions. Our churches should acknowledge these contributions and seek to be fully grafted into the blessings and covenants of Elohim. Many believers don't know what Elohim's calendar is, let alone why it's so crucial for us to keep time the way he instructed. So far, we can see the same objectives set by Antiochus Epiphanes being achieved using the doctrine of many churches. Wow, and it doesn't stop with Elohim's calendar. Much Christian doctrine teaches liberty and grace, allowing Elohim's people to eat things that he said are not food for his people. Rather than being forced to eat a pig, too many believers savor pigs and bless the Father for providing meat that he actually said is disgusting as food. In many cases, believers esteem the New Testament as scripture that stands on its own, refuting the precepts of the Torah. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that the Torah is foundational. It is context for understanding the rest of the Bible. We can't really understand the New Testament if we don't have the context of the Torah. These days, too many believers have abandoned the foundation. Circumcision, the sign of the covenant, is a routine procedure in many hospitals. Now the sign of circumcision was replaced by speaking in tongues, miracles, and other things as a sign of relationship with Elohim. So much for the warning of Deuteronomy chapter 13, which tells us that even a miracle worker who tries to lead us away from the Torah is to be rejected. So, what does all this have to do with Hanukkah and new beginnings? Well, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and finish the work of Antiochus Epiphanes, working to erase the judgments and instructions of Elohim? Or would you take the red pill, seeking to understand the connection between the Old and New Testaments and the relevance of the Torah when it comes to holiness before Elohim? Only you can answer that question. Hanukkah is an opportunity for all of us to reaffirm our commitment to following the instructions of Elohim. If your eyes are beginning to open to the truth of the scriptures, this is a perfect time to take that red pill. Hanukkah is about history. Like many of the Hebrew people's observances, it is also about events that will come in the future. 
The writings of the prophet Daniel mention things that are commemorated in Hanukkah and that will happen again. Daniel chapter 12 starting at verse 10 says, Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. What does this mean, and what does this have to do with Hanukkah? Let's pick up from there on the next podcast. Okay. That's all we have time for today. So please listen again and share this with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.